Hello, Cosmic Cats. I have a fun update to share with you. You and I are pretty cool now, and I know how much you love fun stories and adventures. So, that's why I wanted to share that there's a brand new podcast out now that I think you're going to love. The podcast is called Mysteries About True Histories, and it features some new friends of mine, Max and Molly. I'll let them tell you more. From the creators of Who Smarted Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, Cosmic Cats. Welcome back to Musicland Stories, the origin point for all music and adventure stories in the known universe, and some of the unknown ones. And we're here at the Musicland Concert Hall. Your old friend, the conductor here, with you among the stars again. I'm so glad you could join me. It gets a bit lonely out here. I don't mind being alone. Sometimes it's the best way to get some thinking done. Then there are times you want to be part of a jam session, playing with friends, meeting new people. It hasn't been that long since I met you. And then we met Mo. And Mo met the Orchestra Obscura, who offered her a gig as their drummer. Mo worked hard to get the gig, chasing me to Translore where she met her new friend Twilo and reclaimed the legendary drumsticks of Krupa Khan. Then Mo and Twilo jumped through the portal to Sajidananda, where Shiva Loka gave them the keys to the Stella by Starlight, a spaceship that would help them find their way back to the Orchestra Obscura, so Mo could take her place with the greatest cosmic jazz ensemble in the galaxy. Set up with a righteous ride, Mo and Twilo were cruising the spaceways. Neither of them was old enough to drive, but Shiva Loka had set the controls to autopilot in pursuit of the Orchestra Obscura. Mo and Twilo had plenty of time to talk, to learn about each other's planet and culture, and to work on the song they'd come up with while they walked the Great Spiral of Scratch. A nifty little bop that was really coming together. But sometimes, Mo just gazed out the window at the stars. She was farther from home than she'd ever been. Farther than any syncopian had ever traveled. Sometimes that made her very excited. Other times, a little scared. Now, Mo felt a mix of very brave to be out here in space and very small compared with the billions and billions of stars that surrounded her. As she watched the stars drift by, 
she noticed one that wasn't drifting at all. It was moving toward them in a straight line. A shooting star headed right at their ship. She went to get Twilo, who'd been taking a mini-nap in his bunk. By the time they were back at the window, it was clear that the object coming at them wasn't a star at all, but another spaceship. Let me think a minute. You're from the planet Earth, sort of early 21st century, is that right? You probably don't have a ton of experience seeing spaceships. Yet. The middle of the 2030s is going to be, well, no spoilers. What you need to know is there are as many types of spaceships as there are types of music. We've seen the Orchestra Obscura, who tour the cosmos in a gigantic glowing pyramid. Then there was the Cosmic Crew, who availed themselves of a tricked-out school bus to make their way across the skies. The ship that Shiva Loka gave to Mo and Twilo looked a little like a sleek diving bird made out of pure silver. The ship that was currently coming toward Mo and Twilo didn't look a thing like any of those. It looked like someone took a half dozen other spaceships of all shapes and sizes, glued them together and spray painted them hot pink so that the whole thing looked like a sort of pink monkey bird. It barreled toward Mo and Twilo's ship, leaving a trail of multicolored glitter in its wake. Mo decided they needed to attempt evasive maneuvers, which is a very fancy way to say they decided to run away. Except the Stella was locked into autopilot, which meant a constant course and a constant speed. The pink monkey bird ship was gaining on them, and without the ability to take over the controls, there was no way for Mo and Twilo to escape. As the pink monkey bird ship closed in, a bright orange beam shot out of its underbelly and wrapped around Mo and Twilo's ship with its eerie light. Mo and Twilo's ship slowed down. They could feel it tugging against the pull of the beam until the engine strained and gave up. A voice came over the Stella's speaker system. You have been intercepted by the swan song, the most glamorous pirates in Ocelot. Do not be alarmed, for you will not be harmed. Allow yourselves to be boarded And you might even be rewarded The orange beam pulled Mo and Twilo's ship closer and closer to the pink monkey bird ship Until its belly bumped against Mo and Twilo's roof there's a little tap. A bit of rhythm that sent the chill down Mo's spine. She 
didn't want to be boarded by pirates, even if they were glamorous. But she stored that little bit of rhythm away like it was a key waiting for a lock, and she hit a button to open up the hatch. Into the Stella strode a strange group who were, in fact, glamorous pirates. Some of them wore diamond-studded patches over one eye. Some wore bandanas wrapped around their heads that were flowing tie-dye patterns in a rainbow of colors. One had a peg-leg card from a disco ball. And on the shoulder of another perched a parrot made of periwinkle. The one with the peg-leg stepped forward, stood up very straight, and announced, I am Ronson Ronson, first mate of the swan song. It is my solemn duty to make this far-out introduction to you cuties. You are about to meet a captain so sweet, a red-on gator without any haters. The finest crocodile you'll see for a while. So turn your eyes this way and have a look. You're in the presence of the thin green duke. The crew of the swan song parted down the middle, and strutting through the gap came their extremely glamorous captain. She wore high heels coated in sequins. She wore gleaming white bell bottoms rippling with rhinestones. She wore a puffy silk shirt in the brightest orange and had a bouffant of perfectly poised purple hair tucked into a tri-corner hat. She was also, and I feel like I should have mentioned this first, a six-foot-tall alligator. I just assumed you knew that. Who hasn't heard of the thin green duke, the cold-blooded scourge of the spaceways? The duke strutted down the runway and stopped in front of Mo and Twilo with one hip jutting forward. She looked around the Stella by starlight and yawned a wide, gaping yawn. With her massive jaws open, Mo and Twilo could see the little emerald plover birds that cleaned her terrifying teeth and one gleaming gold incisor that winked at them just before her jaws snapped shut. Hello, my drab darlings, said the Duke. What a quaint little spaceship you have here. Did it pop out of a hole in the ground? Mo had to admit that the Stella really had popped out of a hole in the ground. It was a fact she'd been proud of at the time, but now she felt a little ashamed. She looked over at Twilo. He was wearing the same clothes he'd had on when Mo met him, a little dusty from their walk on the Great Spiral Scratch, but he at least had dressed to attend a dance party. Mo was wearing her school clothes, which were the color of an old brick that had been too many times through the wash. The Duke snapped her fingers. I know exactly what you're thinking, and the answer is yes. In fact, it's a resounding yes. Yes, we can help you with your look. Yes, we can turn your dull little chip from drab to fab. It's practically our mission. Well, part of our mission. Mo was confused. She thought they were pirates. Well, we're not merciless, said the Duke. We pillage and plunder from the Perseids to the Peekaboo Galaxy. 
what one hook takes, the other hand gives away. We are practically swimming in outfits, flailing in fashionable items. We rob from the in vogue and give to the in need, which in this case is you. Come aboard the swan song, ye scurvy beige wearers. Mo and Twilo followed the Duke and her entourage onto the bigger ship before they met the thin green Duke and the crew of the swan song. Mo had been the proud owner of a fully operational spaceship. Now, as they walked through the fantastically decorated halls of the swan song, Mo felt self-conscious about how the Stella by Starlight looked, both on the inside and the outside. How embarrassing would it be to catch up to the Orchestra Obscura in such a basic ship? Mo and Twilo got split up, with Twilo following Ronson Ronson and Mo accompanying the Duke back to her dressing room, which in this case was an entire ship, welded onto the swan song and serving only as the universe's biggest walk-in closet. There must be something in here, declared the Duke as she started digging. Ascots and cravats and hip huggers and high heels. A hundred articles of clothing flew by Mo's head as the Duke dove into pile after pile, looking for a most outrageous outfit. Faster than you can say, ooh, fashion, beep, beep. Mo was wearing an ensemble that really stood out. Lime green satin pants and ruby red platform boots. A shirt of silver and gold that shimmered and swirled. And a glowing green top hat topped with three peacock plumes. Mo twirled around, admiring her new look in the mirror. A major improvement, darling, said the Duke. An outfit worthy of the newest member of the Swan Song's crew. When she heard that, Mo stopped twirling so abruptly that the clunky toe of one platform hit the chunky heel of the other boot, and Mo tumbled peacock hat over tea kettle. She pushed plumes out of her eyes and said, But I don't want to join your crew. Twilo and I need to get back to our ship and find the Orchestra Obscura. The thin green duke smiled with the hundred sharp teeth. But your ship will become part of our ship, darling. And after all, it's only forever. It's not that long at all. That night, Mo and Twilo ate dinner with the crew in the mess hall of the Swan Song. They didn't say a word to one another, but Mo could tell from the look on Twilo's face that Ronson Ronson had given him the same news the Duke had shared with Mo. After dinner, Ronson Ronson led Mo and Twilo to their new quarters, a beautiful pink room and a bunk bed with brightly patterned sheets. Get some sleep, my little sheep, said Ronson. Tomorrow we weld your ship onto the swan. You'll be a pirate. Your worries be gone. As he closed the door behind them, Mo and Twilo looked at one another. They barely recognized themselves or each other in their fabulous pirate get-ups. Then Mo said what they were both thinking. We need to get out of here tonight, or there'll be no way to get away. Twilo nodded. They waited together until they were sure that everyone on the ship was asleep. Mo took off her clunky platform boots, and Twilo took off the pointy-toed red shoes Ronson Ronson had given him. In bare feet, 
They snuck down the corridor, through the empty mess hall, until they came to the place where the Stella by Starlight had been docked along the belly of the swan song. Waiting for them there, her arms crossed under her ascot, was the thin green duke. And are ye attempting to abandon ship, my darlings? She asked, baring her rows of teeth. I'm very sorry, said Mo. These clothes in your ship, they're all glamorous, fabulous, really. But they aren't us. The thin green duke scratched the tip of her snout. She nodded slowly. A pirate's life ain't for everyone, she said. Neither are a pirate's clothes. Truth be told, ye both looked mighty fashionable when we picked you up, if a little understated. And your ship is a fine ship for its purpose. I suppose I should send ye on your way. She stepped aside and Mo and Twilo took off all the fancy pirate clothes they'd been given and handed them back to the Duke. The Duke insisted Twilo keep the red shoes, which glowed a bright blue if you danced in them hard enough. And she gave Mo one of the peacock plumes to take with her, a reminder of her brief brush with the pirate's life. Mo and Twilo climbed into the Stella, which wasn't fancy or fabulous, but it was theirs. The hatch closed and the engines revved, and soon they were speeding away from the swan song in hot pursuit of the orchestra obscura once again. Musicland Stories is a collaboration between Starglow Media and Double Elvis. Executive producers from Double Elvis are Jake Brennan and Brady Sattler. Executive producers from Starglow Media are Jed Baker and Agarenish A. Palmer. This episode of Musicland Stories was written by Bob Prohl. Alessandro Santoro is our showrunner. Narration by me, Nikki Lynette. Original score by Jonathan Warman. Story editing by Zeph Lundy. And episode mix by Colin Fleming. Grown-ups? You can find more ad-free fun for the whole family by subscribing to Starglow Plus on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. As for me, I'm in hot pursuit of a cup of tea and a snack. All that high fashion builds up a powerful hunger. I'll see you again soon, Cosmic Cats. For now, Conductor out. Yeah.